Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Well, hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon. Um, I'm so stoked that you would join me, join us on this online campus um, as we continue our Connect Local series. Um, you know, we're now in week five or seven of the series, and so I thought it'd just be a quick, um, uh, sorry, a good idea to quickly recap um, what we've been through so far in the series, because I'm going to reference a few of them um, later on today. Um, week five, so week one, we had um, Levi, who was talking about building the church. Week two, uh, we had Nadi, who was talking about um, the ministry of the table, which is, you know, led to um, people saying to remember your Nadias when it comes to hosting people. Um, N for um, nose, A for ambiance, D for dinner, I for invitation, or as Chris Spencer said, environment. Um, and then uh, the other A is for audio. Uh, we had Chris talk about authentic worship, um, a sermon that I love, um, really, really enjoyed, one that I'm actually going to reference uh, quite a bit today. Um, and then last week we had Levi um, talking on Give Local, which was one of the best um, sermons I've heard on the tithe. Um, I am very passionate about this series. Um, I love people knowing what we're about. I love people um, understanding our values. And when, when I say we, I don't mean we as in just um, uh, the staff or, or we as a leadership team. I mean, we, all of us, um, everyone that calls the local church their, their home church, um, no matter where, where, wherever that is, if, if the online campus is your campus, then um, I'm talking about us, I'm talking about we. Um, today I'm speaking on um, Connect Local, um, the idea of, of connecting with one another and um, I'm praying that today won't just be about, um, you know, uh, building friendships, but, but actually today will be about um, building potentially lifelong, healthy connections um, with the people that are already in your life. Uh, one of our goals is, isn't just to have um, a bunch of people um, come to their respective campus, but rather have a healthy community of believers engaging with one another. Um, I hope today um, this challenges people. I hope this challenges parents. I hope it challenges couples, young adults, introverts, extroverts. Um, that's a long-winded way of saying everyone. Um, you know, that, that's one of those ones where um, you, know, you have a thousand words to write in your essay. You're at 800, and so you want to try to stretch out the, uh, um, the words. So um, if you have a Bible, why don't you turn with me to Genesis 28, verse 3. And it says, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessings given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner. Jumping over to, to Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Um, Lord, we just thank you that you're good. Um, Lord, we just thank you that you're a God that wants to connect. Um, and Lord, we just pray that you would speak um, to us today. Um, we just pray that you would help build our relationships. And everyone said, Amen. I have been lucky enough to have been consistently connected with people um, throughout my life. I have friends I've known my entire life. I have friends I've known for just a few weeks. I've mentored some. I've been a mentee to many, many more. I have people that encourage me to do some of the most rewarding things in my life. And some people that have encouraged me or pushed me to do some of the more regretful things with a simple, 
I bet you won't. You only live once, or the worst of them all, for the boys. As a kid, I grew up in a house that had people in it constantly. But my dad, was, uh, my dad very rarely kicked me out of the adult's table because he wanted my brother and I to be around these people. Because of this, I had role models that remain heroes to me to this day. I wasn't able to pray for my best friend at his baptism because I was crying too much. I've turned the color of a beetroot because of speeches my friends have given about me. I've driven a Suzuki Swift that had about 10 lads in it. I've lived in a house with five other guys where it wasn't um, uncommon. In fact, we never had the door locked because it wasn't uncommon for um, us to go to bed to an empty lounge room and then wake up with that lounge filled with people on the floors and on the couches. Because of the connections of, uh, in my life, I have had experiences I wouldn't have done on my own. Either I was too self-conscious and you, know, you wanted your, your buddy to come with you, or I wasn't able. I've done things like getting my driver's license, my dive license, wear something other than basketball pants or, 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 or sweatpants. I've traveled to multiple continents, moved cities to study, made church a core routine. I've gotten up on a wakeboard. I've completed Bible plans when I used to only do the first two days and then give up. I've gone for runs. Lord knows I wouldn't go for runs without the people in my life. Moved to Canada. I prayed out loud for the first time. I've gotten baptized and all of these because of um, connections that I have with other people. I've been hurt by people and I have undoubtedly hurt others but I know I wouldn't be who I am today without all of the people in my life. One of the cliches I'm using today, and you can, you, can take, you can take count of the cliches that I have, but it goes, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. This is true of me. The people in my life have shaped who I am today. It takes work to connect with people, even, even for an extrovert like myself. It takes patience. It takes the occasional 4 a.m. night when I would have much rather have been in bed by 12 a.m. or 10.30 p.m. in some cases. It takes doing things I don't always want to do because I know that it's important to the people that I'm connected with and to the people that I love. To boil it down, connections are messy, rewarding, hard work, and crucial in growing both personally and spiritually. If you're taking notes today, um, my first point is that God wants us connected. First, we're going to have a look at Genesis 2, verses 18 to 22. It says this, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Excuse me. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam... No suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. We look at the life and, and really we look at the world um, that Adam lived in. Um, this is a world that many of us um, are trying to create um, or even what many of us would call an ideal world. Um, he didn't live with, with, with drama. Um, he had peace. He had, um, uh, he had a perfect environment. The Bible says that whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. Uh, that was its name. To a certain extent, Adam had control. He got to walk with God. He even got to live naked. For many of us, that just sounds like um, the perfect and ideal world. And yet God still said, it is not good for man to be alone. I read this as a reason um, uh, as to why perhaps Eve was created um, after Adam, and it made me laugh, so I thought I'd share it today. And it says, um, I think God 
wanted Adam to experience his incompleteness before Eve was created. It was like, Adam, don't forget this day. When she wants to paint the bedroom blue, but you want it gray, remember that being in control of that didn't get you anything. Learn to love her. Try the blue. For us, I think it's important that um, we don't always look to sacrifice connection for more control and man-made peace in our lives. I understand that there are times when, when that is necessary, but we have to think about um, the fact that God said it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. A man that lived in a perfect world where, we, where he had control to a certain extent. And if it wasn't good for Adam to be alone, think how much worse it is for us to be alone living in an imperfect world. An isolated relationship with God isn't enough to sustain that relationship. I do believe you can encounter God in your homes, in your car, on trails, on walks, by the ocean, by rivers, by lakes. I do believe that you can encounter God somewhere other than at your campus in the, in, in, in the four walls of a church. But I do also believe that sustaining those encounters, that sustaining that relationship cannot be done alone. Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desires. He breaks out against all sound judgment. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 14 says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. 1 Corinthians which, uh, sorry, 12 verse 27, so jumping down in that chapter, says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Proverbs 27 verse 17, iron sharpens iron, just as one man sharpens another. I could go on. Um, there are other verses um, talking about the importance of connection and, and, and the dangers of isolation, but I did want to save a couple of verses at least for some uh, future points. Just in case today, um, my personal testimony hasn't convinced you um, of the importance of connection, and in case my interpretation of Genesis 2 or these last few Bible verses that I've, that I've rapid-fired up to you hasn't convinced you that that God wants us in connection, then maybe this will. There was a study done by LifeWay Research. Um, they surveyed over 2018 to 24 year olds. Now these 2018 to 24 year olds all attended church regularly in their youth. Out of those 2000, they found that about one in three 18 to 24 year olds no longer attended church. And these were the three most common reasons as to why. First one is I moved to college and stopped attending church. Or, if I can take a little bit of creative freedom on that answer, I moved away from home and wasn't able to get connected into a new church. Number two is church members seem judgmental or hypocritical. Number three is I didn't feel connected to people at my church. Again, I moved to college and stopped attending church. Church members seem judgmental or hypocritical. I didn't feel connected to people at my church. Connections are important for our general well-being, and connections are also important for us if we want to grow in our relationship with God. We see here that two out of the three reasons why people have left the church have actually come down to connections. I understand this is a, a, it's a small sample size in the life of, of all the Christians, but 2,000 people is enough to tell a story, I believe. If you're taking notes, my next point is commit to healthy connections. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So then what is a healthy community? Uh, Waters Edge Counseling asks five questions of people um, to determine whether or not the community that you belong to or the community that you're a part of is healthy. The first of those questions is, is, um, is it authentic? And this is where I'm, I'm, I'm going to steal pretty much all of Chris's sermon um, to help me out. But Chris preached a sermon on authentic worship in week three of this series. One of the things he said that stood out to me 
was that worship included an action from us. And these are the actions in bullet point form, at least the actions um, that I wrote down on, on, on my phone. So Chris, I apologize if I missed any. But there were uh, uh, five, five things that he said. Singing, praying, preaching, giving, and communion. Once again, we have singing, praying, preaching, giving, and communion. Let's look at Acts to see um, what they did that made the first church plant so successful. Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. This was our opening um, scripture. I'm just going to uh, uh, you know, rush through it. It says here that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread. Everyone was filled with awe at the wonders and signs performed by apostles. Uh, they believed, uh, sorry, the believers were together, had everything in common, sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They continued to meet together, broke bread in their homes, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Key word there, sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And then here, and the Lord added to their number daily those who have been saved. I love that line because because of their um, uh, community and because of how they treated one another, the Lord actually added to their number daily. So we see here, um, the five things that Chris mentioned were ways that we can authentically worship God, at least what the Bible says are ways that we can authentically worship God. We see um, uh, uh, the early church um, doing this with one another. The apostles um, are teaching, that's preaching, as Chris mentioned. The breaking of bread, that's communion, as Chris mentioned. Prayer, that's praying, as Chris mentioned. They sold to give to those in need, that's giving, as Chris mentioned. Praising God, I put down singing, again, a little bit of creative freedom. Um, plus, I feel like if I don't mention singing when I'm referencing Chris's uh, sermon, uh, he'll edit me poorly, I don't know. Thanks, Chris. Um, but what we see here is that uh, if, these are the, if these are the five ways that that people can and we can authentically worship God. I love how we see the early church, um, their worship of God overflowed into their actions with one another. They would, they'll commit together to preaching, to communion, to praying, to giving, and to singing. Hebrews 10 verse 22 to 25, this is the message translation, says, so let's do it, full of belief, confident. The NIV says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. There's that word again, sincere. Uh, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keeps us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshipping together as some do, but spurring each other's on, especially as we see the big day approaching. If we can see a similarity in how we connect with God and how the early church used that as a template for connecting with one another, then authenticity, sincerity, needs to be at the forefront of our actions in our community. Authenticity has become um, the buzzword for a generation. Chris mentioned this in his sermon as well, but a study done by a company found that 86% of consumers were looking for authenticity when deciding what brand to purchase. Imagine how much more people are looking for authenticity when deciding uh, what friend groups they should commit time to, what church they should attend. If we know that one of the primary reasons um, from that study from before, from LifeWay Research, if you know that one of the primary reasons people left the church is because they felt that there was hypocrisy, well, what better way to counter that than to live authentically with one another? We're not dealing with a one-time purchase here. As a business, we're actually we're dealing with people. So the first question was, is it authentic? Then the second and third question, which I've kind of bunched together, are, is it inclusive and is it outward focused? Genesis 28 verse 3, again, our, our opening scripture today says, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. This is Isaac blessing Jacob. Part of the blessing was um, for him to become a community of peoples. We see this 
um, you know, go forth and multiply. We see um, make disciples of all nations. We see this idea of um, multiplication and becoming a community of peoples throughout the Bible. It is a blessing to be in connection with other people, not a right. It isn't something that we hold on to selfishly, but we should be looking for people we can include in that blessing, extending our circles and loving others. Psalm 68 verse 6, this is uh, one of the key scriptures that Nadia used in her sermon. God sets the lonely into families. Guess who he uses to do that? Romans 15 verses uh, 5 to 6. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible asks us to have the same attitude of mind towards us that Jesus had. If Jesus is, is um, one of the heads of the Trinity, and if God sets the lonely into families, then we need to do that as well. We need to have the same mind towards each other that Jesus has for us. The Bible is clear about being um, outwardly focused to those who are in need. And I, I love that. I love that that's um, a tenet of our church and, and really a tenet of um, or should be a tenet of our faith in general. Um, I love that it includes the orphans and the widows. But I also think that um, there are those that are in need of connection and people in their lives. I can't stress this one enough. It's important for us to be um, continuously looking outward to who we can include in our lives and the blessing of our community. Whoever you're thinking of now, reach out to that person. You have a chance to be an answer to prayer. And I guarantee that there is someone looking at you to bring them in. Number four of these, uh, these four questions. Um, uh, do its members accept one another? Romans 15 verse 7 says, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. I love that. Accept one another in order to bring praise to God. John 15 verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Um, here's a thought as I reach down to grab this bad boy. Um, the Bible, this thing here, is still relevant today. Um, in a world where people want acceptance and authenticity, um, we see that the Bible has been speaking on this for generations. The Bible actually knows what it's talking about. It's like how Paul writes to Timothy. He says to drink a little red wine for your stomach. And then later on, we see years later, um, that, that a little bit of red wine is good for your gut health. Seems that science is just catching up to this bad boy. If people are leaving the church um, because of the lack of acceptance inside of its buildings, imagine if these young adults from this, from that, that, that survey, from that study, imagine if those young adults and teenagers found a church that followed these teachings. Imagine if they went to a church that loved each other as he has loved us. Imagine if they found a church that accepted one another as Christ has accepted us. If you're tired, if you've had a bad week, if you're not in the mood or for whatever reason, uh, you're just having one of those days where honestly, people can get wrecked. We've all been there. If you can't do it for you, if you can't accept people uh, from your own strength, remember Romans 15, accepting one another brings praise to God. If you can't do it for people, do it for Him. Number five um, uh, of, of the five questions says, do its members support and hold each other accountable? I love this one. Um, relationships um, can be confrontational. Some of us need to be a little bit better at confrontation. Others of us need to enjoy confrontation probably a little bit less. Um, a healthy relationship doesn't necessarily mean um, that you agree and get along at all times. Um, I would argue that if you feel like you're walking on eggshells with someone, there's actually um, uh, there's a certain extent to which that is actually unhealthy. Um, for my birthday, it's become, uh, I think I've done it twice. 
Um, for my birthday, what I love doing is that I'll gather some people um, and then we'll split up into two teams. Um, so you have uh, those two teams and those are the two teams that you will have for the rest of the night. Uh, we'll use random team generators, we'll play. Um, it has to be odd number amount of games so that we have a, a, a guaranteed winner. So let's say for example, it's uh, you know celebrities, uh, one word, code names, um, I don't know, something else, can't kind of think of anything else at the top. And then uh, we end off by doing an escape room. And so uh, the two teams split off into, into the two escape rooms, ready, set, go, and then whoever gets out of the escape room first is declared the winner. Now, whoever wins um, the, most, the most rounds, so three out of five, is declared the winner. Um, the only issue with this is that um, they are declared the winner, that team is declared a, the winner for a whole entire year. Um, so there's a lot, for, for me, I'm competitive, so there's a lot on, on, on this riding on these games. Um, Nadia Levi would, would normally be at these as well. Um, and I found that whoever, whoever's the one versus the two, there also seems to be um, uh, a history of that also meaning a little bit more um, to the one than it is to the two. Um, it isn't uncommon for myself and then um, either Levi and Nadia, not them together, because you know, they have a perfect marriage. It's not uncommon for um, us to spend more time arguing about the rules of the game than it is actually playing them, much to the annoyance and frustration um, of many of our friends that have encountered um, this happening. Uh, Mike Humphrey once, when Levi and I were going at it, he once said, you know, he rolled his eyes, kind of said, are you guys finished? Levi and I, we, we glanced at each other, looked at Mike, scoffed and said, mate, we haven't even started. Now, here's, here's the thing. Uh, this is frustrating for others, and honestly, we could probably work on it, but we do hold each other accountable in these areas, in these games, to the rules and, and, and to make sure that we're following the right path, so to say. And I am grateful that this level of accountability does overflow into my personal life, often with a little bit more love um, than, than perhaps on these game nights. Um, from, from these two, I've had my theology challenged, my decisions questioned, I've had moods pointed out and suggestions for what I actually need in my life. I'm grateful that I have people in my life that love me and that call me out when I need it. A healthy community of people won't let you do things that are damaging to you without challenging it. Colossians 3 verse 16 to 17 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. One of the key phrases here is um, admonishing one another with all wisdom. Um, to admonish means to advise or warn someone earnestly. And I think that that is um, what we're looking for when it comes to accountability. The difference between um, uh, judgment and accountability is such a fine line that sometimes we can cross into it when we lack that, that, that earnestness um, that, can come, that can come with it, or should come with it is the word I should say. Excuse me. Here's a few differences um, that I've written down, um, perhaps between the, dif uh, uh, the difference between accountability and judgment. Accountability is earnest. Judgment is bitter. Accountability empowers, judgment disempowers. Accountability looks to provide constructive feedback. Judgment sounds more like, don't do what you just did. Accountability embraces the person for who they are. Judgment creates separation because of what they've done. Accountability enforces how far someone has come, while as judgment, force, uh, while as judgment focuses on how far someone has fallen. 
Accountability gives someone the means to change the outcome. Judgment sees the outcome as a foregone conclusion. Matthew 7 verses uh, 1 to 2, this is Jesus talking. And I think when Jesus is talking, our ears should perk up a little bit. He says, Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So to recap, God wants us in community and commit to a healthy community. I believe that a healthy community is authentic, inclusive, outward focused, accepting, and holds its members accountable. My final point is, um, is called the challenge. Oh, my second to last point is called the challenge. Sorry, people that got excited, you know. People just got up to uh, go heat up their coffees. Sorry about that. Um, my second last point is called the challenge. Now, this challenge is uh, predominantly to start off with, I'm going to go through just a few different kind of groups of people. Um, to everyone, though, um, if you feel like you've tried to have people in your life, and if you feel like you've tried to um, create and, and maintain or develop connections, let me throw some bullet points of things that you could do that maybe could help this. This is just, again, just rapid fire um, uh, things that you could try in your life and maybe that'll help with the connections. As one of my old mates, um, John Mark Homer says, he says, focus on being interested, not interesting. Uh, something else is don't shut off when a topic you don't care about or a topic that is not you comes up. People notice when you zone out. The amount of conversations I've had where um, someone's fully invested when it's something that they like and when it's about them and then as soon as it, it, it stops being about that, they either go to their phone, they look around, they're completely disinterested. It's, it's a bit of a bit of a turn off. Um, when you're organizing something, don't just send out open invites. People actually like plans. Even me, I'm, I, I would say I'm not a planner, but even I want to know what the plan is when it comes to hanging out with you. Lock in a couple of people first, get the ball rolling, and then, and then go from there. Leave your smartwatch at home and your phone in your pocket. Um, I've told the story before, of, um, I used to catch up with someone and um, uh, they used to have a smartwatch, and the amount of times it would be talking and they would constantly just be doing this, which maybe it's an emergency, maybe they're messages, but honestly what it looks like is that they're checking the time to see when they can go. They're looking for permission just to leave. And so, um, but you know, they would consistently ask me to hang out. And so I got to the point where I said, bro, straight up, if you want to hang out with me, you need to leave your smartwatch at home. Just, you know, little, little thought. Another one is ask more questions than you answer. Uh, I've got here, um, bust through social hierarchies. Um, don't wait for people to invite you because you think that you can't invite them or you think that um, you have to wait uh, for, for them to invite you because maybe you perceive them as being um, higher on the ladder socially. Honestly, bust through that. Invite people. Just bring people into your life. Okay, don't be encouraged by rejection. Life is busy. Sometimes people actually can't make it. Sometimes people have things going on. Um, I, the, 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 the people um, that I actually end up following through with are the people that, that constantly just get at me. Um, an example of this is that I haven't gone yet, but it's currently Wednesday, 4.25 p.m., um, and in a few hours, I'm going to be going bouldering with Ethan McIntyre for the first time. Now, this has been a two-year-in-the-making thing. He's invited me consistently over the course of two years to come bouldering with him, and I'm happy to tell you that that is happening tonight. And hopefully, um, I might enjoy it. Who knows? Maybe I will. But Ethan's persistence <laughs> has been uh, uh, um, the reason why I'm going. Um, the, next, the, 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 the next group of people that I want to challenge probably a little bit more specifically um, are parents. Um, I'm going to read off a list of names that um, to you it won't mean much, uh, but to me 
These names mean the world. Stephen and Sandra, Carl and Lauren, Pam and Brian, Nick and Kelly, Sean and Hannah, Roger and Beth, Philippa and Campbell, John and Abby. The second cliche that I'm using today, um, if, you're, if you're keeping count, is that it takes a village to raise a child. Um, I've never been a parent, um, ever. But what I have been and what I do have experience with is being a child. And I can honestly tell you that having um, older people in my life has been one of the biggest blessings. Just having people consistently in my life, not even necessarily older, just people. Growing up, my parents had other parents, married couples, university students, people only a few years older than me, kids my age that my parents initially forced me to be friends with but have now become lifelong friends. These are all the people that my parents would have in our household growing up. From the perspective of a child that was raised by a village, I am so grateful for the varying demographics that my parents brought into my house because they took the time to connect with others. It's only because my parents took the time to connect with these other people that I too was able to connect with them and be raised in a village. Personally, I'm excited for the days when Lily and Hugo, um, uh, Lily, uh, Mike and Dallin's daughter and Hugo, Levi, Nadia's son, I can't wait for the day that they barge into my house unannounced, hungry, looking for food. Can't wait for the day when, when, when Ryder or Noah Murphy get a car and stop off at my house in between school finishing whatever after school activity they have planned. I'm excited to be part of the village that it takes to raise your kids because I loved my village growing up. If you're a parent, can I encourage you to engage with people? Not necessarily just other families, but you should engage with other families too. Um, but other couples, university students, youth kids, People in the church are looking at you to figure out how to parent, how to host, even how to be a Christian. First Peter five verse one to five says, and now a word to uh, sorry, First uh, Peter five verses one to five says, and now a word to you who are elders in the church. I'm going to skip down a bit. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you: care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you'll get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you who are younger, you must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. Um, I know it uses the word um, elder here, and I don't want to dismiss the significance of that word in the text. But if I'm taking just a little bit of creative freedom, can I propose that the scripture um, is for those who are more mature than some of the rest of us? Um, I'm 26. I don't know anything about anything. Um, I want more mentors. I have great mentors in my life, but I will absolutely and selfishly accept more mentors, please. I can only imagine that there are other people that are looking for that as well. The other day, I was lucky enough to have um, a conversation with one of the parents that attends our church. They um, invited over a bunch of the young adults to their house, and I was able to sit down and have a chat with him um, about parenting. Um, he, he explained to me the importance of um, traditions and some of the traditions that he's adopted um, into his own parenting and for his own kids. Um, now I'm not married, um, nor do I have a child on the way, but these are the type of conversations that I feel so blessed to be a part of because these are things that I get to store away, uh, store away and hopefully use at a later time. If you're passionate about um, uh, uh, evangelism, connect. Acts 2 shows us that, fellowship, that the fellowship of believers was key to the Lord adding to their number daily. If you're passionate about teaching, connect with people. Nothing will get you into your word more than the questions of the inquisitive. If you're passionate about pastoring, connect. It'll be difficult to pastor without connecting with people. And if you're passionate about the prophetic, connect. Speak life into people. Call them to who they can be. 
in the fall um, here in Ottawa, uh, and, and maybe you're watching this in, in your online campus, you're in another city, I'm also believing this for those campuses as well, but in the fall, I am believing that there will be an influx of students and an influx of people coming to our church. They'll be looking for homes, they'll be looking for families, they'll be looking for spiritual guidance, they'll be looking for surrogate parents while they're away from home, many of them for the first time in their lives. If we know that some Christians walked away from the church because they moved away and were unable to connect, let's be a church that tries our best to prevent this from happening. And maybe it's not um, uh, university students where you are, where you're watching. Maybe it is um, uh, just people that are coming along for the first time, checking it out, you know, Toronto, Kingston, um, as there's a little bit of momentum going, maybe there's people coming in the same thing. Let's make sure that we're connecting with people. And lastly, um, if you are a parent, um, and if mentoring doesn't get you excited, if you, you know, you're sitting there, ah, I don't want to mentor people, um, then just remember this. Um, connections are the very best way to find babysitters. <laughs> um, I've written down here couples. Um, I had a whole section for couples, but I've kind of um, culled it because I think what I've just said about parents could also be applied to couples. Um, just for time's sake, I, didn't, I wanted to make sure we keep into these hour-long services. But couples, um, chances are, you'll struggle to have more time than you do right now. Um, I don't know what's going on, but um, if you're a couple that um, is, is, is thinking about having kids or um, is trying for kids or wants kids, then um, I've heard through the grapevine, it's just what I've heard, I've heard that apparently kids can be draining. Um, apparently being a parent is difficult or something. So I don't know, maybe this is the most free time that you're ever gonna have. Um, if you're not gonna have kids, um, the chances are you're looking at the next career opportunity. Um, I would suggest um, use this time to connect with people. Use this time to find mentors in your life. And remember that it wasn't far, it wasn't, it wasn't long ago that you were also a university student or um, someone who just come out of high school or someone who um, just started working that would have loved to have had someone mentor them. Share the wisdom that you've, um, uh, that you've developed, especially while you know, these young people are optimistic. Sometimes finding wisdom um, uh, can, can lead to the culling of their optimism, but let's, let's help people and mentor them. To individuals um, and to young adults, um, my challenge for you today is to connect with the people that are in front of you, not just the people that are available online. Um, I was talking to um, a, good, a good friend of mine the other day, his name's Josh Gray, um, and we we're talking about um, hoarding, and we we're talking about how um, sometimes for um, you know, people uh, of younger generations, they can laugh at the older generation for, for hoarding things. Um, you know, there's, uh, I, think this show, I think this show is literally called Hoarders. Now, when you walk in some of the houses and it's just ridiculous and crazy what people have managed to keep over the years, and we laugh at that. You know, we look at um, uh, people we can think, we, we can all think of someone who has a garage filled with stuff. We can think of someone who has a lounge with boxes everywhere or, um, you know, just, just whatever it may be. Um, but he brought up a great point. He was saying that it's, it's crazy when you think about where, where generation that have managed to hoard a lot of um, our stuff in the online sphere. Um, you know, we've, we, we hoard photos, thousands and thousands of photos. Um, we hoard movies, um, we hoard subscriptions. We're like, you know, we don't need Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Netflix, all of these things. We hoard um, uh, entertainment and um, even, even personal information. All of this stuff can be found um, in the online sphere. I'm guilty of it too, I, I am. I've, I've got too many subscriptions to things. Um, but as we were talking, um, it also got me thinking that um, not only are we hoarding um, stuff in the online sphere, we're actually hoarding things um, that have a little more um, uh, gravitas. Um, we can hoard things like our purpose, our security, our identity, things that are, are much more important than just stuff, as I've just said. 
we know that social media is not evil. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to go down that 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 road that can sometimes feel um, uh, repetitive and almost like a red herring now. But um, we do know that social media is designed to be addictive. Um, an example of this, you you may or you may not know, but an example of this is when you load up Instagram. There's that slight gap between um, when Instagram fully loads and when your notifications show. It's just enough. And that is done intentionally because the anticipation of waiting for whether or not you have notifications, whether or not you have another like, another comment, another follow, that anticipation and then the, the, the release when that's proved to be true, um, that actually releases endorphins. A study from the University of Oxford showed that having a larger social network released more endorphins. I think the reason why I bring this up is because there are healthier ways that you can get these endorphins. This, this study um, from the University of, 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 of Oxford um, was concluded, and here's a key quote to this conclusion. As a species, we've evolved. It's a trigger word. I, I don't believe in evolution, but I didn't want to misquote them. As a species, we've evolved to thrive in a rich social environment, but in this digital era, deficiencies in our social interactions may be one of the overlooked factors contributing to the declining health of our modern society. You can have endorphin-releasing moments in different ways and through social media. When you think of your ideal day, what does it look like? Does it involve people? Or does it involve watching Netflix, sitting on social media, doing nothing? Does it involve um, isolation? Does it involve being alone? For me, it depends on the day. Um, I am the last person in the world that can have a go at anyone that decides to um, completely laze around all day. I, my personality, my spiritual animals are either golden retriever or sloth. There is no in between for me. Um, I don't think there is anything wrong with sitting around and, and, and lazing out or um, whatever it may be, I love doing that. I am about as a relaxed relaxer as you'll find. But I think it can be damaging um, uh, when you don't have people also sprinkled into your life. Ask yourself, you know, which of the two is going to be better for your mental health? Which of the two will improve your walk with God, your friendships? Which of the two will have an overall benefit to you in the long run? One of those is temporary, the other is eternal. Uh, my final point, and uh, I've written here keys on stage, so Chris, maybe if you could queue up. Um, the pads, um, is to stay connected to the vine. Um, I could have easily have named this, this last point to my fellow extroverts. John 15 verse 4 says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Um, today I've spoken on the importance of connecting with one another. Um, but the most important connection is our one with Jesus. This point could um, it should be an entire sermon in itself. Here's an excerpt from a book that I got everyone into. It's um, you know, such a kind of popular book amongst um, our, our church circles, and it all started because of me. Um, it's called The Ruthless El Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And I just want to read an excerpt on this about um, how Jesus retreats to the quiet place. Um, it talks about even as his ministry ramps up and, and he's surrounded by people, he still goes to the quiet place. This is what it says in the book. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He frequently got away. He made a point to sneak off to pray on a regular basis. There was a common habit in this repertoire. In Luke's Gospel in particular, you can chart Jesus' life along two access points. The busier and more in demand and famous Jesus became, the more he withdrew to his quiet place to pray. In seasons of busyness, we need more time in the quiet place, not less. Definitely not less. And if you're running through your Rolodex of excuses right now, I'm a full-time mum, I have a demanding job that starts early, I'm an extrovert. Stop for a minute. Think about this. Jesus needed time in the quiet place. Connection with, uh, with, with others 
um, cannot replace your connections with Christ. Connections are to sustain that growth. Our community is there to support it, but it cannot be the sole source of how you are filled. This is because it is both unfair to yourself and to your community. Uh, this point here is, is, is me speaking to myself as well. Um, I've fallen victim to my extrovertedness countless times. Uh, I've not realized how much time has actually passed since I've last journaled. I've done the, uh, you know, I've done the embarrassing have to kind of change the date where, you know, it was from March and then the next time I sit down is June, but I'm trying to, re, you know, cross out March and write June in the previous entry. Um, I've done the one-eyed Bible plan on my phone either in the morning when I first wake up or as I'm going to sleep because I think, oh, flip, I, you know, got to at least tick the box off, got to still at least, you know, make it look like I'm trying. Um, for me, I'm glad I've had people in my life that notice this and that encourage me um, out of this. People saying things like, you, you're not yourself. People saying things like, or asking when the last time I had a quiet time was. All of these things um, really, really hit me when I feel like I can't actually answer those honestly sometimes. Community um, uh, uh, is a blessing. Connecting with people is important, but there can't be a replacement for him. Hosting people is important, but there can't be a replacement for him. Doing ministry is important, but there can't be a replacement. Putting effort into creating healthy connections and friendships are necessary. Sacrificing for connection with people is key. But on a day where we have spoken on connection, the most important thing you can do is remain connected to the vine and connected to him. If you're listening today and you don't feel connected to Christ, I would love to lead you in a prayer in just a few moments. I mentioned at the start of today that I've been blessed with healthy connections throughout much of my life. I don't believe that is a coincidence. Uh, at the core of most of these relationships has been God, has been um, uh, people that have an active and vibrant relationship with Christ. And if you're looking for connection, can I encourage you to not let this moment pass? Jesus wants to connect with you even more than I do. And I, do, I really want to connect with you, but Jesus wants to even more. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door and knocks and anyone who answers, he will come in and eat with them. I don't know about you, but most of my relationships have either started or strengthened because of food. Romans 10 verse 9 to 10 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. If you're wanting to start or rekindle your relationship with Christ, there'll be a button in the chat that you can actually click that will say um, that you'll raise your hand. That's going to notify um, someone in the back end, just one of our chat hosts or prayer partners, they can actually reach out to you privately. But if you have clicked that button, if you do want to click that button, then why don't you join me in a prayer? I want to say one line of this prayer, and I'll just ask that you repeat that line back. It goes like this. Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you want to connect with me. I thank you that you sent your son to die for me. And I thank you that you were raised from the dead. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, uh, hopefully we can get out there, start some healthy connections, um, or maintain and, 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 and grow some already existing healthy connections. Um, it has been an honor and a privilege, um, and I'm gonna hand back to our MCs. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.